Reading from Streams in the Desert for July 24th and 25th. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, give us ears and eyes to see the beauty and the <clears throat> your presence in these words. We dedicate this time of reading to you in Jesus' mighty name. Be it unto us, Lord, according to thy word and thy promises. In Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> July 24th. Streams in the Desert by L.B. Cowman. When they believed his promises and sang his praises, then they believed his promises and sang his praises. <clears throat> but they soon forgot what he had done and did not wait for his counsel. In the desert, they gave in to their craving. In the wasteland, they put God to the test. So he gave them what they asked for, but sent a wasting disease upon them. Psalm 106, verses 12 to 15. Again, then they believed his promises. God had just performed a miracle and sang his praise. But they soon forgot what he had done and did not wait for his counsel. In the desert, they gave in to their cravings. In the wasteland, they put God to the test. So he gave them what they asked for but sent a wasting disease upon them. In Hebrews eleven twenty seven, we read that Moses persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Yet in the above passage, exactly the opposite was true of the children of Israel. They persevered only when their circumstances were favorable because they were primarily influenced by whatever appealed to their senses instead of trusting in the invisible and eternal God. Even today, we have people who live an inconsistent Christian life because they have become preoccupied with things that are external. Things that are external. Therefore, they focus on their circumstances rather than focusing on God. And God desires that we grow in our ability to see Him and everything, and to realize the importance of seemingly insignificant circumstances if they are used to deliver a message from him. We read of the children of Israel. Then they believe his promises. They did not believe until after they saw. Once they saw him work, then they believed. They unbashedly doubted God when they came to the Red Sea, but when he opened the way and led them across and they saw Pharaoh and his army drown, then they believed. The Israelites continued to live this kind of up and down existence because their fate was dependent on their circumstances. And this is certainly not the kind of fate God wants us to have. The world says that seeing is believing, but God wants us to believe in order to see. The psalmist said, I would have despair unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Psalms 27, 13. Do you believe God only when your circumstances are favorable? Or do you believe no matter what your circumstances may be? CHP. <laughs> Beautiful. Do you believe no matter what your circumstances may be? See, the reason we want to act like we believe, we want to encourage ourselves is because the believer, the blessing between believe and the, the encouragement 
is right around the corner knocking at our door to come in. So there always has to be a test. Are we going to believe or are we going to, you know, succumb to the natural world? Faith is believing what we do not see. And the reward for this kind of faith is to see what we believe. St. Augustine. Isn't that cool? Again, faith is believing what we do not see. And the reward for this kind of faith is to see what we believe. St. Augustine. All right, moving on to July 25th. You do not realize now what I'm doing, says Jesus, but later you will understand, John 13, 7. You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand, John 13, 7. In this life, we have an incomplete view of God's dealing. Seeing his plan only half finished and underdeveloped, yet once we stand in the magnificent temple of eternity, we will have the proper perspective and we'll see everything fitting gracefully together. Imagine going to the mountains of Lebanon during the reign of Israel's great King Solomon. Can you see the majestic cedar? It is the pride of all the other trees and has wrestled many years with the cold north winds. The summer sun has loved to smile upon it while the night has caused its soft leaves to glisten with drops of dew. Birds have built their nests in its branches, and weary travelers and wandering shepherds have rested in its shade from the midday heat or taken shelter from the raging storms. And suddenly we realize that this old inhabitant of the forest has been doomed to fall victim to the woodman's axe. To watch as the axe makes its first gash on the cedar's gnarled trunk. Then we see its noble limbs stripped off their branches. As the tree comes crashing to the ground, we cry out against the wanton destruction of this tree of God. It is distinctively known and express our anger over the demolition of this proud pillar in the forest temple of nature. We are tempted to exclaim with the prophet Zechariah, Wail, O pine tree, for the cedar has fallen, Zechariah 11.2. As if inviting the sympathy of every less majestic plant and invoking an inanimate things to also, also resent the offense. We should not be so quick to complain, but should follow the gigantic tree as the workmen of Hiram, king of Tyre, 2 Chronicles 2.3. Take it down the mountainside from there we should watch it being sailed on raft along the blue waters of the Mediterranean. And finally, we should behold it's being placed as a glorious and polished beam in the temple of God. As you contemplate its final destination, seeing it in the Holy of Holies as a jewel in the diadem of the Almighty King, can you honestly complain that this crown jewel of Lebanon was cut down, removed from the forest, and placed in such a noble setting the cedar has once stood majestically in nature's sanctuary, but the glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house. Haggai 2.9 So many people are like these cedars of old. God's axis of trials have stripped them bare, and yet we can see no reason for such harsh and difficult circumstances. 
But God has a noble goal and purpose in mind to place them as everlasting pillars and rafters in his heavenly Zion. And he says to them, you will be crowned of splendor in the Lord's hand. A royal diadem in the hand of your God. Isaiah 62, 3. I do not ask my cross to understand my way to see. Better in darkness just to feel your hand and follow thee. Amen. May we feel always the hand of the Lord God in teaching us through. May we always be obedient and thank God for the situation, knowing that it worketh a better heavenly sanctuary. And when we participate in thanking God for the solution, not for the problem. Thank you, Lord. Whatever that solution may be. Amen. Reading from Streams in the Desert for July 24th and 25th. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, give us ears and eyes to see the beauty and the <clears throat> your presence in these words. We dedicate this time of reading to you in Jesus' mighty name. Be it unto us, Lord, according to thy word and thy promises. In Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> July 24th. Streams in the Desert by L.B. Cowman. When they believe his promises and sang his praises, then they believe his promises and sang his praises. <clears throat> but they soon forgot what he had done and did not wait for his counsel. In the desert, they gave in to their craving. In the wasteland, they put God to the test. So he gave them what they asked for, but sent a wasting disease upon them. Psalms 106, verses 12 to 15. Again, then they believed his promises. God had just performed a miracle and sang his praise. But they soon forgot what he had done and did not wait for his counsel. In the desert, they gave in to their cravings. In the wasteland, they put God to the test. So he gave them what they asked for but sent a wasting disease upon them. In Hebrews eleven twenty seven, we read that Moses persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Yet in the above passage, exactly the opposite was true of the children of Israel. They persevered only when their circumstances were favorable because they were primarily influenced by whatever appealed to their senses instead of trusting in the invisible and eternal God. Even today, we have people who live an inconsistent Christian life because they have become preoccupied with things that are external. Things that are external. Therefore, they focus on their circumstances rather than focusing on God. And God desires that we grow in our ability to see Him and everything, and to realize the importance of seemingly insignificant circumstances if they are used to deliver a message from him. We read of the children of Israel. Then they believe his promises. They did not believe until after they saw. Once they saw him work, then they believed. They unbashedly doubted God when they came to the Red Sea, 
But when he opened the way and led them across and they saw Pharaoh and his army drown, then they believed. The Israelites continued to live this kind of up and down existence because their fate was dependent on their circumstances. And this is certainly not the kind of fate God wants us to have. The world says that seeing is believing, but God wants us to believe in order to see. The psalmist said, I would have despair unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Psalms 27, 13. Do you believe God only when your circumstances are favorable? Or do you believe no matter what your circumstances may be? CHP. <laughs> Beautiful. Do you believe no matter what your circumstances may be? See, the reason we want to act like we believe, we want to encourage ourselves is because the believer, the blessing between believe and the, the encouragement is right around the corner, knocking at our door to come in. So there always has to be a test. Are we going to believe or are we going to, you know, succumb to the natural world? Faith is believing what we do not see. And the reward for this kind of faith is to see what we believe. St. Augustine. Isn't that cool? Again, faith is believing what we do not see. And the reward for this kind of faith is to see what we believe. St. Augustine. All right, moving on to July 25th. You do not realize now what I'm doing, says Jesus, but later you will understand, John 13, 7. You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand, John 13, 7. In this life, we have an incomplete view of God's dealing. Seeing his plan only half finished and underdeveloped, yet once we stand in the magnificent temple of eternity, we will have the proper perspective and we'll see everything fitting gracefully together. Imagine going to the mountains of Lebanon during the reign of Israel's great King Solomon. Can you see the majestic cedar? It is the pride of all the other trees and has wrestled many years with the cold north winds. The summer sun has loved to smile upon it while the night has caused its soft leaves to glisten with drops of dew. Birds have built their nests in its branches, and weary travelers and wandering shepherds have rested in its shade from the midday heat or taken shelter from the raging storms. And suddenly we realize that this old inhabitant of the forest has been doomed to fall victim to the woodman's axe. To watch as the axe makes its first gash on the cedar's gnarled trunk. Then we see its noble limbs stripped off their branches. As the tree comes crashing to the ground, we cry out against the wanton destruction of this tree of God. It is distinctively known and express our anger over the demolition of this proud pillar in the forest temple of nature. We are tempted to exclaim with the prophet Zechariah, Wail, O pine tree, for the cedar has fallen, Zechariah 11.2. As if inviting the sympathy of every less majestic plant and invoking an inanimate things to also, also resent the offense. 
We should not be so quick to complain, but should follow the gigantic tree as the workmen of Hiram, king of Tyre, Second Chronicles 2, 3. Take it down the mountainside. From there, we should watch it being sailed on raft along the blue waters of the Mediterranean. And finally, we should behold it's being placed as a glorious and polished beam in the temple of God. As you contemplate its final destination, seeing it in the Holy of Holies as a jewel in the diadem of the Almighty King, can you honestly complain that this crown jewel of Lebanon was cut down, removed from the forest, and placed in such a noble setting? The cedar has once stood majestically in nature's sanctuary, but the glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house. Haggai 2.9 so many people are like these cedars of old. God's axis of trials have stripped them bare, and yet we can see no reason for such harsh and difficult circumstances. But God has a noble goal and purpose in mind, to place them as everlasting pillars and rafters in his heavenly Zion. And he says to them, You will be crowned of splendor in the Lord's hand. A royal diadem in the hand of your God. Isaiah 62.3 I do not ask my cross to understand my way to see. Better in darkness just to feel your hand and follow thee. Amen. May we feel always the hand of the Lord God in teaching us through. May we always be obedient and thank God for the situation. Knowing that it worketh a better heavenly sanctuary when we participate in thanking God for the solution not for the problem thank you Lord whatever that solution may be amen reading from streams in the desert for July 24th and 25th let's pray Heavenly Father give us ears and eyes to see the beauty and the, <clears throat> your presence in these words. We dedicate this time of reading to you in Jesus' mighty name. Be it unto us, Lord, according to thy word and thy promises. In Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> July 24th. Streams in the Desert by L.B. Cowman. When they believed his promises and sang his praises... And then they believed his promises and sang his praises. <clears throat> but they soon forgot what he had done and did not wait for his counsel. In the desert, they gave in to their craving. In the wasteland, they put God to the test. So he gave them what they asked for, but sent a wasting disease upon them. <clears throat> Psalms 106, verses 12 to 15. Again, then they believed his promises. God had just performed a miracle and sang his praise. But they soon forgot what he had done and did not wait for his counsel. In the desert, they gave in to their cravings. In the wasteland, they put God to the test. So he gave them what they asked for, but sent a wasting disease upon them. In Hebrews 11:27 we read that Moses persevered because he saw him who is invisible. 
Yet in the above passage, exactly the opposite was true of the children of Israel. They persevered only when their circumstances were favorable because they were primarily influenced by whatever appealed to their senses instead of trusting in the invisible and eternal God. Even today, we have people who live an inconsistent Christian life because they have become preoccupied with things that are external, things that are external. Therefore, they focus on their circumstances rather than focusing on God. And God desires that we grow in our ability to see him and everything and to realize the importance of seemingly insignificant circumstances if they are used to deliver a message from him. We read of the children of Israel. Then they believe his promises. They did not believe until after they saw. Once they saw him work, then they believed. They unbashedly doubted God when they came to the Red Sea. But when he opened the way and led them across and they saw Pharaoh and his army drown, then they believed. The Israelites continued to live this kind of up and down existence because their fate was dependent on their circumstances. And this is certainly not the kind of fate God wants us to have. The world says that seeing is believing, but God wants us to believe in order to see. The psalmist said, I would have despair unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Psalms 27:13. Do you believe God only when your circumstances are favorable? Or do you believe no matter what your circumstances may be? CHP. <laughs> Beautiful. Do you believe no matter what your circumstances may be? See, the reason we want to act like we believe, we want to encourage ourselves is because the believer, the blessing between believe and the, the encouragement is right around the corner, knocking at our door to come in. So there always has to be a test. Are we going to believe or are we going to, you know, succumb to the natural world? Faith is believing what we do not see. And the reward for this kind of faith is to see what we believe. St. Augustine. Isn't that cool? Again, faith is believing what we do not see. And the reward for this kind of faith is to see what we believe. St. Augustine. All right, moving on to July 25th. You do not realize now what I'm doing, says Jesus, but later you will understand, John 13, 7. You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand, John 13, 7. In this life, we have an incomplete view of God's dealing, seeing his plan only half finished and underdeveloped. Yet once we stand in the magnificent temple of eternity, we will have the proper perspective and we'll see everything fitting gracefully together. Imagine going to the mountains of Lebanon during the reign of Israel's great King Solomon. Can you see the majestic cedar? It is the pride of all the other trees and has wrestled many years with the cold north winds. The summer sun has loved to smile upon it while the night has caused its soft leaves to glisten with drops of dew. 
Birds have built their nests in his branches, and weary travelers and wandered shepherds have rested in his shade from the midday heat or taken shelter from the raging storms. And suddenly we realize that this old inhabitant of the forest has been doomed to fall victim to the woodman's axe. To watch as the axe makes its first gash on the cedar's gnarled trunk, then we see its noble limbs stripped off their branches. As the tree comes crashing to the ground, we cry out against the wanton destruction of this tree of God. It is distinctively known and express our anger over the demolition of this proud pillar in the forest temple of nature. We are tempted to exclaim with the prophet Zechariah, Wail, O pine tree, for the cedar has fallen, Zechariah 11.2. As if inviting the sympathy of every less majestic plant and invoking an inanimate things to also, also resent the offense. We should not be so quick to complain, but should follow the gigantic tree as the workmen of Hiram, king of Tyre, Second Chronicles 2.3. Take it down the mountainside from there. We should watch it being sailed on raft along the blue waters of the Mediterranean. And finally, we should behold it's being placed as a glorious and polished beam in the temple of God. As you contemplate its final destination, seeing it in the Holy of Holies as a jewel in the diadem of the Almighty King, can you honestly complain that this crown jewel of Lebanon was cut down, removed from the forest, and placed in such a noble setting? The cedar has once stood majestically in nature's sanctuary, but the glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house. Haggai 2.9 so many people are like these cedars of old. God's axis of trials have stripped them bare, and yet we can see no reason for such harsh and difficult circumstances. But God has a noble goal and purpose in mind, to place them as everlasting pillars and rafters in his heavenly Zion. And he says to them, You will be crowned of splendor in the Lord's hand. A royal die on them in the hand of your God. Isaiah 62, 3. I do not ask my cross to understand my way to see. Better in darkness just to feel your hand and follow thee. Amen. May we feel always the hand of the Lord God in teaching us through. May we always be obedient and thank God for the situation, knowing that it worketh a better heavenly sanctuary when we participate in thanking God for the solution not for the problem thank you Lord whatever that solution may be amen